Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Guess we're going. I guess so. <laughs> I would be surprised every time. Every time. Every show. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School, starring Penn Gillette. My name is Michael Gudeau, Penn, Matt, Reddy, Rich, and I are broadcasting from Show Creator Studios south in Las Vegas. This week we have the voice of the 21st century, He's the evil king of the comedy underworld and our favorite guest ever. We've got the great Gilbert Gottfried right here in the studio. Here he is preaching love, Mr. Pendulet. I will preach love for just this amount of time, and then I'm done, and I'm throwing it all to Gilbert. How you doing, Gilbert? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, uh, uh, the, other, the other afternoon I was sitting at my computer, yes. and all of a sudden, I never feel this ever, I never feel... Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. But I can do an impersonation of anybody. Oh, geez. I'm the worst impersonation. <laughs> yes. And all of a sudden, it struck me that I had your exact impersonation down. Oh, okay. I'm going to try it right now. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't I? Yes. Isn't that nailing that's, it? Yeah, totally? that, that's pretty much it. Now, I'm not talking about the Gilbert Godfrey we all know, the parrot Gilbert Godfrey or the or the duck Gilbert <laughs> yeah. Godfrey or the or the whatever yes, waterfowl. I known as the duck Gilbert Godfrey. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about the real Gilbert Godfrey that I know. When I call you up on your birthday or on the anniversary of your mother's death or any of the other times we celebrate together, and I call you up and I say, hi, Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that good? Wow, he did an impersonation of your impersonation. Could you even tell which one was wow. which? I now, Daryl, was wasn't that dead on? That was perfect. <laughs> I just wanted to say, it's the only impersonation I've ever done correctly. Because, you know, my other ones are, yeah. as you know, unspeakably bad. <laughs> but but you do a great John Wayne. Great John. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, Pilgrim. There you go. Dead on. Dead on. Eat your heart out, Rich Little. Um, my, uh, my, J my Sean Connery. Oh, yes. He's quite mad, you know. Oh, good. Really good. That is good. Really, very good. Very now, do you feed a lord? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> dead on, dead it, on. It was kind of falling. Your Peter Laurie was kind of falling into a Robin Williams. It was like, oh, oh, oh I don't know. Oh, oh Mindy. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have never. And the problem is when I hang out with you or Billy West, yes. I get the feeling that I'm able to. It gives me this, <laughs> there's this, there's this aura that, oh, people do this. 
People are able to do this. You know, it's like one person walks up the stairs, you walk up the stairs after them. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, oh, I can do what other human beings can do. And that's just not true. I mean, if I was like, like with Olympic swimmer and they jump and I'd go right to the pool after them, you know, I have that, 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 that problem there. So talk to me about your son learning high diving. Uh, yes. Uh, something I would never do in 20 billion years. Well, at a certain point, you don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one of those gravity-aided uh, sports. Yes. You know, it's like skydiving. Yeah. Uh, he's he's gotten into uh, high diving. Uh... So your son is athletic? Yeah. As, as am I. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. You went. You went through. Uh, you went through college at Pro Bowl, didn't you? Oh yes. I. But I'm. I'm athletic. You saw me walk in and sit down. <laughs> Not everyone. No. No. Stephen Hawking no, couldn't do that. No. Well, he's dead. Yeah. You're, you're trying to make a cripple joke, and you're failing. How can you fail at making a bad taste joke about someone who's disabled by picking someone dead? Okay, well, let's start all over again. Okay. If, You're athletic. If, yes. And if Stephen Hawking were, in fact, alive, although he's not, he's dead. I... Now, do you know, do you know, and this is a, uh, this is, this is a, Mind blower uh, to me. We were doing a bit in our show called um, um, Atheist Card Trick, where it's which where we uh, do an overextended metaphor, uh, explaining uh, explaining the universe with cards with the card trick. And Eric Idle was in the audience with Steve Martin, and Eric Idle said to me after the after the show, he said that's similar to a bit that Stephen Hawking did when he did stand up. <laughs> and I said, wasn't standing up his whole act? I mean, that would be a big deal. And it turns out that yeah. Stephen Hawking and Eric Idle were in school at the same time, college, university. For us, school is yeah. the last grade we finished, which both yes, of us is yes, junior yes. year of high school. <laughs> it's not, not the most heavily educated uh, uh, people here. Uh, he did, did you know he was involved in the comedy scene? No. And did stand-up. Stephen Hawking did stand-up. <laughs> and then he, when the uh, Lou Gehrig's, what is it called? It's called like bilateral, you know, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. And, and what was his comedy? They put roller skates on him or something? Yeah. Mostly he just fell down the stairs in front of people and they laughed. <laughs> I guess he did witty uh, intellectual uh, banter. Here's something that someone told me that... Uh, Is it about Jews? Yeah, yes. Someone said to me that their theory, at least, was that Stephen Hawking didn't have a disease, but he intentionally stopped everything he had physically so that his mind could work more advanced. You've been talking to Paulie Shore? <laughs> Because Paulie Shore says, you know, if I didn't move my arms so much, I'd be able to figure out how to put toast in a toaster. But so much of my mental energy goes into just keeping myself sitting up straight. <laughs> I, I remember one time I was at you with you at Carnegie Deli. At the Carnegie Deli. <laughs> 
And Pauly Shaw came over to our table, and we talked to him for a minute. And then <laughs> when he walked away, uh, you, like, this was an amazing discovery you had just made. Like a eureka moment. Uh, you said, you know, I think he's kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember exactly what you said. You said, oh, and Shaq O'Neal's a little tall. <laughs> <laughs> and and right when you said that about him being stupid, I thought, well, <laughs> it proves that he that Paulie's not the dumbest person. <laughs> <laughs> Not the dumbest person <laughs> at calling Carnegie Deli that day. <laughs> uh, yes, I think. <laughs> I, I have no comeback to that. <laughs> no, well, that was also when um, uh, Sandy, who used to own Carnegie Deli, is Sandy is Sandy dead now? He, I think. Yeah. I think he he and he and he and. Stephen Hawking died of the same accident. Right? <laughs> um, but remember Sandy, who owned uh, who owned Carnegie Deli. Um, we had ordered our meals, and he came over and reprimanded me. <laughs> he said, "He said, Pat, I know you're from Massachusetts. I know you're Goyim, but when you come in here, you do not order corned beef on white bread with mayonnaise. You're not allowed to do that." And I said, "I had corned beef." on rye with mustard and he looked over at you and realized he was out Jude and just backed up. <laughs> he said, there must be another level above Hasidic, above, what is it called? Lubica? What is it called? Lub, 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 Lubavitcher. Lubavitcher, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. <laughs> Lorraine Lubavitcher. Something above that that is actually another level that Gilbert is in. Yes. So, and they must eat just corned beef on white bread with me. But that's what you ordered, right? Yes. Now, some would say yes. uh, that would be trafe. Yeah. Uh, to put yeah. Mayonnaise onto the corned beef. Others would say I'm a self hating Jew. <laughs> <laughs> others. Others yeah, would say others, that. yes. Now, uh, Stephen uh, Hawkins <laughs> would say that. Now, Matt, Matt Donnelly, yes. Carnegie, yes, Carnegie Deli, what's your order? Uh, I do the half pastrami, half corned beef Reuben. Mm -hmm. uh, That's good. Straight, Michael straight Reuben, just going straight Reuben. Straight Reuben. I straight love Reuben. the Reuben. Yeah, I'm corned beef on rye uh, with the brown mustard. And, and you are on white with man. No, I wouldn't have white. You did have white. I did? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You what, what kind of bread do you like, Gilbert? Uh I would if I if I was going there now I'd have rye. Uh -huh. Seeded well, rye. Seeded rye. Yes. Now my father my father <laughs> yes. did not like caraway seeds. I was, I was waiting for you to say, you know, my father <laughs> did not like Jews. <laughs> well, I believe I was doing or the better caraway for seeds. <laughs> or caraway or seeds. Or caraway seeds. <laughs> <laughs> My my father, you know, I talked to Glenn Ally, the long-suffering Glenn, and uh, Glenn always talks about how when he was living in New Jersey growing up with his grandparents and his mother and his father, someone like Alan King would come on, and uh, the whole family would talk about how he was Jewish. He's one of us. Yes, yes. And he said, how did you feel when watching Ed Sullivan 
and all these Jewish comics would be on. And I said, we didn't know. He said, what do you mean you didn't know? I said, nobody seemed Jewish on TV to us. We never discussed that at all, except um, when um, uh, Jackie Mason would come yes, on. yeah. My father would say, used to be a cantor, you know, which is uh, like a minister <laughs> in the Jewish church. He was a cantor, and now he does this. And that was said every time he came on. <laughs> When Alan King came on, my dad would say, he doesn't like uh, the airlines. He doesn't like what? The airlines. <laughs> That's what my dad would say every time he appeared. And then when, um, when any impressionist would come on, my mother would say, they should tell you who they're doing before they start so you don't spend that time uncomfortable and guessing. <laughs> Very good. Good advice. Yes. So, so I was broken down on the side of the road in Hollywood, yeah, and who oh, should yes. come over to help yes. me out but Jack Nicholson? Yeah, no, the way the bit went. <laughs> and I don't remember this guy's name. This might have been the only time he was performing at, like, the comedy store. Pauly Shore. And, and, and I don't know what his name. It might have been the only time he performed, but he was a, an impressionist. And his setup, just like they, how they used to have setups like, oh, it's celebrity classroom. <laughs> and uh, uh, do you have an answer, Cary Grant? Or it's the celebrity presidential conference. <laughs> This, There's this, no such thing yeah, as a presidential yes, conference. Yeah. I mean, you can't say there is such a thing as a classroom. Yes. There's no <laughs> such thing. You can't give examples that don't exist. Yes. You're trying to illuminate what you're talking about by giving examples <laughs> that you that don't exist. It's like uh, when you're on Mars and you go to McDonald's. There aren't presidential conferences. It's not like Bush and Clinton and Trump and Obama are all getting together to conference they don't have conferences it, it's like the only person who could sell that would be like bud abbott going well you know there are these celebrity presidential conference presidential conferences yeah. that's yeah. what i'm trying to find out well sure they're all over the place <laughs> <laughs> so this guy's setup was that his car breaks down on the road and every car that stops it is a different celebrity. And it would feel like, oh, there's Jack Nicholson. Maybe he'll help. <laughs> <laughs> Why, it's Al Pacino. Maybe he'll help. <laughs> and, you know, that's funny because we know that those two self-centered pricks wouldn't help anybody ever. <laughs> You know, you could just come out and go, you know, the other day uh, I needed a hand. You know, I was carrying a lot of groceries out of the grocery yes, store. Yes. And I said, you know, could you hold that door open for me? And it was Al Pacino. And he said, no. <laughs> and they would go, such a good impersonation of Pacino. Because, you know, Pacino would say no. He although, wouldn't help anybody. Although, to make it funny, you'd say I asked Al Pacino to hold the door open for me, and he said yes, 
Because yeah, no one's sure, sure. playing <laughs> against time. Yeah, you know, that wouldn't happen in real and, life. And he held the door for me and then said, it looks like that jug of milk's kind of fallen out. Can I take that all the way to your car? And the audience is going, <laughs> he had the most bizarre ideas. He had the idea that someone that had ever worked in show business would help someone else. <laughs> You know, he had this picture of Sean Penn in a rowboat. <laughs> my my opening, the opening of my act is I do a bit. Jolson. Where, yes, Al Pacino walks over to me and goes, I notice you have sort of a limp. Here, let me take my arm. And you know, I was I was sitting there at the Starbucks, and I said, "Geez, I I don't have any change." And uh, Al Pacino leaned over and said, "Hey, listen, this time it's on me. I'm paying it forward. I'm paying it forward," said Al Pacino. And then, you know, I was thinking I'd kind of like a pastry, but Al's already given me enough, and who would show up but Sly Stallone? And Sly Stallone said. Chocolate croissant for my friend here. And I said, but I don't know you. And he said, you're a friend because you're here. <laughs> yes, Stallone said, I'll buy you that chocolate croissant as soon as I help Gilbert cross the street. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on my tab. <laughs> and then who should have showed up but Mel Gibson. <laughs> And Mel Gibson said, Gilbert Gottfried, I like everything about him. <laughs> Every single thing about Gilbert Gottfried is my ideal. That's what that's what Mel said. And then Mel Gibson says afterwards, and I do believe the Holocaust took place. <laughs> And then for the punchline, the big topper, he said, and I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> your son's in high diving class. Your son's in high diving class. Because you're so. Hey, you your son's in high diving class. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to find out. These swimmers have strange names. <laughs> So you got a high diver. <laughs> well, I just told you that. Uh, so uh your son is athletic? I mean this is this is this is incredible. It, it, I mean it's yeah. like it's like uh uh men to live for nothing. All genetics is now broken down. Yeah. There's a lot of geneticists going, uh, Gilbert Gottfried's son, athletic. I give up. <laughs> there are a lot, a lot of geneticists going around saying, and, you know, Al Pacino helped me with a lot of my theories. <laughs> yes, Al Pacino was right there for me. He said, listen, you've been, you've been crunching these numbers for a while now. Can I run out and get you a cup of joe? <laughs> And then Mel Gibson shows up. Says, boy, that Einstein. What a, Einstein, what a great guy. What a class act <laughs> Jew. 
I worked with Al for a few weeks and said, maybe I'll convert. <laughs> so you had uh, mayonnaise on your uh, corned beef, yes. and your son is a high diver. Yes. Now, um, did you, I mean, this is a, I was going to say it's a serious <laughs> question, but it's not. Yes. Did you do any athletics in uh, school at all? None. 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 What did you do during phys ed? Uh, I, I like sort of hide in a corner or something so they didn't <laughs> see me. I think once, I think once in my life in the schoolyard, they were trying to teach us and I, I was holding a bat to hit the ball. And I don't. And just so you know, he's making the gesture with that because he was he was afraid that we might think he was holding a small mammal, the small winged mammal. So he made the gesture because you know that's the same word in English, bat and bat, a true homonym. Yeah. You know, because a homonym people misuse it all the time. They use that for a phononym. Yeah. But a homonym is the same word, same spelling, yes. same pronunciation, but different meaning. Bat and bat are homonyms. And Gilbert, because his, his grasp of language is so great, he said, you know, Penn might have the wrong image. He might have the image that Gilbert Gottfried, at 14 years old, was holding a live mammal in gym class. So he would do this gesture, like Marcel Marceau, if you were holding a bat. But instead, just so you know, he had an imaginary bat, which is amazing because I don't know much about sports, but even his imaginary bat was not held properly. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Marcel Marceau was helping save children during <laughs> World War II. He was the clown that cried the yes, day the clown yes, cried. Yes. He was. He actually was. Marcel Marceau was helping yeah. helping children. And uh, well, he didn't really help. He just acted it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, on the on the way over here, I saw a wounded. Did you break down? <laughs> I saw a wounded uh, winged mammal on the road, and Al Pacino was nursing it down. <laughs> now, uh, so Gilbert, you were holding a bat. Yes. In your uh, in your uh, high school, right handed stance. I'll, I'll tell you that, Alan King. So I was holding a bat. <laughs> with two hands <laughs> and my my family's up in massachusetts going is he from ireland <laughs> i think he's from ireland my grandmother uh at one time she saw a movie on tv with barry fitzgerald mm-hmm and she was saying, oh, he's so wonderful. What a great actor. And she goes, is he Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> Barry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yeah. Although he could have been because, even though I don't think he was, the, the mayor of Dublin at one point was Jewish. <laughs> You know, <laughs> being a Jew is just like being a super Canadian, right? When you're like, when you're like talking to a Canadian and something comes up, like you go Saturday Night Live, they'll say, you know, Lorne Michaels Canadian, <laughs> you know, William Shatner Canadian, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, 
They name every Canadian they can, just instantly. David <laughs> and, Steinberg. And Lorne Michaels and David Steinberg, both Canadian Jews. I know, they, they check every box. As as is the oldest man in outer space. Exactly. Yes. Now, I did not know, see, I did not know that William Shatner was Jewish until two days ago when someone said the oldest Jew in space. And I said, who? And they said, Shatner. I said, oh, I thought you were like making a John Glenn joke. And they said, no, John Glenn less likely to be Jewish than William Shatner. Yes. But I didn't know that. I, yeah. did, I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever met William Shatner? Uh, yeah, not, yeah, about a year ago. Oh, recently. I was at some uh, autograph signing thing. And 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 I saw him sitting at a. Table. He was forging Gilbert Godfrey's. <laughs> he caught it. <laughs> and he actually invited me to sit down, which Al Pacino was at another table. <laughs> and did you and uh, did you and uh, and uh, and uh, Bill have a good talk? Oh yes, yes. Now you have in common that you both killed your first wife, right? Is that right? And. And Christ. <laughs> yes. You see, so we have two things. <laughs> two things in common. She had a lot to chat about. <laughs> and Al Pacino brought you a couple of croissants. And yes. Some Joe. And, uh, so what did you and William Shatner talk about? Do you know, I think. You know, you said you're one of the only people who's gotten further in show business with less talent than me. <laughs> Is, was that the conversation? <laughs> And well, I, we didn't have a chance to talk because uh, in the middle of it, I I started uh, feeling pain in my leg, and Al Pacino said, "Here, let me get you a chair." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, William to, Shatner is so hard to figure out what's yes, going on with him, but he. Same way how his career, like the other people from Star Trek, uh, well, most of them are dead, but the other, you know, he continues working series, commercials, and and this, forget it, now he's in the history books. Yeah. And yeah, so, and and he'll, he'll get some gigantic commercial endorsement. Space, the final frontier. Uh, yes. By yes. Tidy Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for the children that get that history book. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I, I was, I found his speech very moving. What he said when he came out. I've always <laughs> considered William Shatner kind of a dipshit. <laughs> And he, <laughs> he he was really articulate and unlike moved. Bezos, you listened to it. <laughs> yeah, Bezos just really had no idea what was. But I mean, I guess you just um, have to just excuse anybody who's been through that kind of. Experience. Oh, sure, sure. Although it wasn't. I mean, they didn't go anywhere. That's the weird thing. Yeah, sixty-two miles up and floated yeah. around for thirty seconds and came back down. Yeah, I mean, I I went on the vomit comet and I probably got. As much weightless time as they did, right? Probably more. I did like 22 parabolas. Yeah. Now, we were talking, and you've never been in one of those spinning things. No, you wanted you. I told uh, Gilbert I was on the um, on the Vomit Comet. Yeah. And then I stripped naked. I've told that story many times. And then he asked if I was ever in a centrifuge, you know, mm -hmm. for astronaut. No. See, you zero G is a pleasant experience that you want experience. Centrifuge is not. 
Centrifuge is very unpleasant. Just to make you pass out. It looks <laughs> horrible. It, it is horrible. So is is being in a rocket ship, do you experience that centrifuge? Uh... Yes, you pull G's. Oh, G's. So G's. Well, that's what I say. You pull G's. G's. That's what I'm asking you. Do oh. you pull G's? G's. <laughs> Uh, I have been in a fighter jet and I've been, uh, in, uh, in, in, in the vomit comet. And when they accelerate quickly up, you start feeling two, three times the gravity in the, um, it's a little over two times the gravity in, uh, in the vomit comet. And I think I pulled, is it possible I pulled four G's in a fighter jet? Possible. Yeah. Yeah. Shatter, Shatter probably did six in yeah, origin. Yeah. And I know that uh, um, Mike Collins yeah. talks about uh, they go up to eight. Yeah. He talks about whether it's uh, head up or head down makes a big difference on whether you know the blood gets to your legs and stuff. Right. Well, the, you know, but the a two G's is pretty heavy. I mean, twice as heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the suits inflate to, to squeeze you to keep the blood in your brain. Yeah. It's crazy. Sounds really unpleasant. Now, do you have any belief at all in cryogenic chambers? Uh, no. Yeah. No. You want to go get cold sometime? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard, well, what, the thing about that is like, what if, uh, if they don't, which they will never do, uh, get, if they don't, uh, revive you, how can they be held accountable then? Wait a minute. Now, 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 you're not talking about the cryogenic chambers that are used for live people yes, to get a flash yes, of cold. Yes, yes. You're talking about saving someone till after death. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, aren't they both the same? Thing? No, like, they're not. No. There was a uh, uh, there was a chamber here in town that running out that a woman died in. Remember? Yeah. She was like she was th she was there after hours and she got locked in and um, you know. Froze herself to death. Oh. But there's also ones where they cut off your head and they try to store it in free. And I guess we don't know. I mean, we don't know. I suppose there's some chance of some time in the future. But who's going to do that? Yeah, who's going to Who, pay for that? Who's going to say, <laughs> we got this head. Yeah. Says, says Gilbert on it. Yeah. Let's, let's find out who he was. Let's thaw it out. See. Maybe he can tell us about Al Pacino. <laughs> yes, yes. We've got Al Pacino's head. He helped out my great, great, great grandmother. <laughs> We're going to take a break right now and do a, a, a couple of uh, advertisements. Does it make sense that the same company controls half of online retail also passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home? No, I don't think so. What about the idea that a single company controls 90% of internet searches, runs your email service, and gets to track everything you do on your smartphone? Big tech is more powerful than most countries are, and they profit from exploiting your personal data. It's time to put a layer of protection between your online activity and these tech juggernauts. That's why I use Express VPN. It's really good. Think about how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, every site you visit, video you watch, or message you send gets tracked and data mined. But when you run Express VPN on your device, the software hides your IP address, something big tech can use to personally identify you. So Express VPN 
PN makes your activity harder to trace and sell to advertisers. Use it for everything. It's really good. It encrypts 100%, keeps your privacy. I, I keep it on all my devices all the time. And it's really easy to use, and it's really transparent. Download the app on your phone or computer, tap one button, and you're protected. So, stop handing over your personal data to big tech monopoly that mines your activity and sells your information. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust to keep me safe online. Visit expressvpn.com slash pen. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S VPN dot com slash pen, P-E-N-N, to get Three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash pen right now to learn more. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And now we're back. So, um, so Gilbert, do you do an impersonation of Al Pacino? Uh, not that. Not, I, I've heard other people do much better ones. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> I the only I could do Al Pacino going, hey, can I help you out anyway? Can <laughs> please. So when I I was at uh, uh, Cafe Undertois where we have eaten many times yes, in New yes. York, and I was finishing up my meal, and Al Pacino was at another table. Whoever I was having uh, supper with said, "Why don't you go talk to him?" I said, "I don't know him." And then Al Pacino came over to my table. As he was leaving, and said, "Oh, Pen, how you doing? Nice to meet you." Da, da, da. And I said, "I want to get in to see Merchant of Venice because I want to see, you know, how well you play a Jew." I didn't say that, but <laughs> yes. I said, I, "I'd I'd love to see it, but you, you know, I I am only in town tonight, okay. and I I know you're sold out." And he said, "I'll get you, I'll get you tickets. I'd love to have you come." And I said, "Well, I'd love to come." And he said to me, "Just call the box office." And say, Al, put aside two tickets for me. <laughs> and I said, yeah. that works? <laughs> that works? <laughs> and he went, uh, yeah, so I hope you like the show. And then he left. And I went, that, that can't be true. How could that be true? So I called up the next day to the box. I'm probably giving out a, a this is probably a horrible thing I'm saying now. <laughs> yeah. And I called up and I said, hi, um. I bumped, uh, Al put aside two tickets for me. She said, yes, he did. What's the name? <laughs> I said, uh, Penn Gillette. She said, I got two tickets for you from Al. Said, <laughs> you have clearly given away something terrible. Now, are <laughs> oh, no. you giving away this secret? That's Next it. Al Pacino production, they'll be going, gee, we didn't make a penny. <laughs> <laughs> We thought when we had Al, we'd be making some money. We thought we'd be making some serious cash. But, uh, yeah, too many cops, I guess. Yeah. I felt like killing myself, but luckily, <laughs> Al Pacino. <laughs> but he was very, very nice. But Al, the name was Al. <laughs> I mean, he just goes to the bar and says, someone's going to call tomorrow and say I put aside tickets for him, say, okay. <laughs> I just saved. I don't even. I, I don't even. I don't. 
But okay, okay. Once I was at a um, an MTV award thing, and I was talking to uh, Don Johnson, Elvis Costello, and Billy Gibbons. And I'm not going to use the real names here. I mean, um, I mean Declan McManus. Uh, no, <laughs> but uh, we were talking about the next day getting together for lunch, which of course we didn't do. We were all lying. Yes, yes. But that's that's not part of the story. We were all lying. But Elvis Costello said, um, "Yeah, I'm uh, I'm at the whatever hotel he was, and I'm registered under the name Dashiell Hammett." We said, okay. Yeah. And then Billy Gibbons said, um, I'm registered under the name of, uh, you know, of, uh, you know, Howling Wolf, yeah. you know. And I said, okay. And then Don Johnson said, I'm registered under the name uh, Cary Grant. Yeah. And I said, uh, I'm registered under the name Ben Gillette. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so, so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. And then I heard this story that one tour that, uh, what band was it? I think it was the band Nirvana. When they were on tour, they had a check in their different names. So they used all the names of the guys in U2. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny. <laughs> You register under Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. I've actually met you in hotels and called up and said, Gilbert Gottfried, what room is he in? They tell me. Yeah. You don't use any other fancy name. Not like Al Jolson. (laughs) You know, when Al Jolson used to do shows, he used to tell people, just tell them Al, put aside two tickets. Uh, And you'd call up and say, is Jolson playing tonight? And they'd say, yes. He said, Al, put aside two tickets for me. And they'd say, yeah. Al Pacino bought two <laughs> tickets for you to see Al Jolson. Maybe that works on every show. Maybe you can call him. Maybe like right now you can call him for Hamilton and say, Al put aside two tickets for me. Maybe he always has two tickets to every show that he buys. And he'll go, boy, that Al, he's the greatest guy in the world. And um, yeah, yeah. When I, when I arrange a dinner, I go, uh, uh, call me, um, uh, it's Gilbert Gottfried and I'm holding a sign that says someone, dear God, please call me. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, let's continue with the same subject. So your son's high diving. (laughs) (laughs) You say your son's a high diver. (laughs) Nice hot cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the lengths that we'll go to before Gilbert has to admit that he's never attended his son's practice. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> now, uh, you are a uh, uh, an attentive father. You're not an absent father. You spend a lot of time with your children. Yeah. And do you, it's all like I'm setting up a bit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For the parents, celebrity parent-teacher conference. Yeah. Well, there's but if you were Jimmy Stewart, it (laughs) might go something like his dad is Rodney Dangerfield. (laughs) Let's see what he says to the history teacher. So, do you do you go to sporting events that your 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 children involved? I I haven't so far. One because it was too hot, and another time because uh, yeah, no, mainly it was hot. Yeah, you you were told. At some point, by somebody, that when you are working professionally 
in front of a microphone that you never bring your wife into the same room. Didn't John Lennon teach you that? Uh, yes. So when I looked at you and said, uh, have you ever seen your son in a, uh, a thing? You said, no. And Dara's directly my line of sight. And she was shrugging, shaking her head and going, what? What? Like she was, she was contradicting you. <laughs> so I think what we're seeing right now is Yoko Ono is, <laughs> is sitting on the amplifier. And she's going to eat George Harrison's cookies. Do you know that that was it? That was the moment? That was the moment. You know, the Beatles yes. had were very, very particular about what they called their biscuits, what we would call cookies. Yes. Right? And they all had their own teacups and their own cookies that were put near where they were. And Yoko Ono walked over and took one of George Harrison's biscuits had popped it in her mouth, and apparently the Beatles were never the same after that. <laughs> because not only was George upset, but also Ringo and Paul were appalled that someone had touched one of the other Beatles biscuits. Because apparently they had very strong points of delineation on their biscuits. They were fine passing 13-year-old girls around during the first tour yeah, from yeah. one room to the other. But the biscuits had, were discreet. And, 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 and George Harrison screamed out, She took me biscuits. <laughs> then what did Ringo say? <laughs> I never did a Ringo. You do George? You oh, do uh, yeah, well that was George. Oh, and John would say, She didn't touch your fucking biscuit. <laughs> 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 I just remembered what uh, my wife was shrugging about. Okay. <laughs> I, I watched my son run. He was in a marathon. Oh, I thought I thought you were going to say. <laughs> from the police. She's running from the police. He just <laughs> and he delivered you the wallet. <laughs> um, he was running a marathon? Yes. 26 miles? I, I don't know. Was it a full marathon? I think so. I, I got to ask Dara. Yeah. Because Dara's reacting again. Dara, what did what did your son run? It was a cross-country <laughs> A cross-country meet. Cross-country meet, which is also 26 do, miles. Nothing to do with the marathon. It was only a mile. In dirt. <laughs> and how'd he do? I guess good. I don't know. <laughs> how many people were ahead of him? Yeah. How many people were behind him? Yeah. yeah I mean, I running is not something you need to know. Like icing. If I had to explain to you icing in hockey... No First, it would have to be explained to me. I have no one. I went to one <laughs> hockey game. I was there for 20 minutes till the mascot chased me out. I, I hated that mascot, Thunderbird mascot. He was a horrible, horrible thing in a blue suit that was rude to me. That wouldn't go away from me. So I left. But during that time, the woman I was with tried to explain icing to me in hockey. <laughs> Give it a try, Matt Donnelly. Icing is when uh, the <laughs> puck goes somewhere and the refs go, hey, icing. And everyone goes, ah, <laughs> let's stop skating around I and line up. played ice hockey mm -hmm. for many years, and I have no idea. <laughs> for me, I really, honestly, honestly, still no idea. You know, when, when you said that, I remember being out of town working in a club somewhere, and around my hotel, there was like a big get-together and I thought it was like a get-together of sports mascots. Because, you know, <laughs> one was like a big 
bear, the other was a dog, and I thought, oh. Were you at a zoo? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it was the, what do they call them, the furries? Oh, furries, yeah. yes. Yeah. There's people that get uh, sexual and personal satisfaction from dressing up in animal clothes. Yeah, that ain't never Boy, tried. Matt is very unusually silent during this. <laughs> Oh, what's a furry? It's like icing to me. I need some clarification. Now, uh, I played furry for years, and I still don't know. Now, uh, so Gilbert, there are not, I don't think, maybe Godot can fill me in on this, there are not elaborate rules in running cross-country. You start and you finish. So knowing how your son did should be fairly easy. Yeah, no, my, my way of judging it is, well, Better than I could do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so everyone he meets is an Olympian. <laughs> <laughs> so he was. Do you think they'll ever come up with only once in my life did I experience because uh, I was one time in the hospital. Generosity? Yeah. <laughs> I was one time in the hospital and they gave me like a. Four pills that take over a period of time that was steroids. Yeah. And the first time I did it, that time I I could definitely see why people become addicted to it. They Do you don't. think they'll ever create a safe, healthy steroid? I think you should ask that as Bud Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> these scientists... Well, we haven't even gotten a really good, there was one pain reliever, uh, like Cebrix or something. Celebrix. Uh, Celebrix, maybe, that was really, really good with no side effects, no digestive problems, nothing. And they found one weird study, ended up, it's now only prescription. But we haven't even gotten um, pain medication that's really good. I mean- I'm from Massachusetts, Western Mass, so fentanyl is our, you know, national bird. <laughs> but um, I, uh, I, I think it's really hard. I think it's really hard to do that uh, safe steroids because I think what steroids are doing isn't it? Is they're mimicking a a body thing that they're giving you too much of, right? Yeah, they're yeah they're reducing the inflammation. Yeah, so. yeah, because they say with steroids, uh kind of figures out like if you're a man and they're adding steroids the steroids uh figure oh wait you already have steroids so they start pulling back i think you're talking about testosterone now oh testosterone that's it <laughs> that's it was it testosterone you're i about? guess yeah testosterone <laughs> and with women well but when men take uh steroids don't they experience like you know their uh, their Maybe. their balls get smaller and all that stuff? <laughs> Ask <All> Doctor the... <laughs> Gilbert. <laughs> I I think we should be doing a medical show. <laughs> we should be saying everything we possibly know about steroids. But I do know if your if your balls get smaller, Al Pacino's right there to help. You. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, why? Hey. Why yeah. are yeah. Uh, yeah. female athletes? Yeah. Oh well, female gymnasts. Uh -huh. Why are they all like like two feet tall and broad shouldered? And uh, I think because what they're trying to do is is move is is move through the air in little ways. 
Cano, why don't you answer that? Because I don't think move through the air. Move through the air, little ways was beautiful. I thought it was. I was a move. That was a very Manilow album, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I think it was. She moves through the air in little ways. Tiny dancer. (laughs) Um, Rotation speed. If you're taller, it's harder to spin. Yeah, you know, I don't know. (laughs) But I mean, I think that you're you're trying to. You know, that's the body type that does the kind of moves they're trying to do. It's, you know, it's a little like asking, why aren't there, you know, five foot four people in basketball? (laughs) (laughs) I hope the rest of the show is just Gilbert drilling pen with sports questions. (laughs) And the reason is because you don't want the basketball players throwing those players through the hoopers. You don't want them putting them in the lockers and doing. <laughs> Which is why Peter Dinklage gave up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you uh, ever even backyard sports play basketball? No, baseball? no. No stickball in Manhattan when you nothing, were a child? Nothing. I think I may have won. But you're not Manhattan. You're Brooklyn, right? You're Brooklyn, yeah. yeah. I Even more stickball. <laughs> I may have once like done that. What was the one where you bounce the ball really hard and it flies up in the air and everyone has to run uh, some... <laughs> I, I believe that's called an improvised explosive device. <laughs> I believe that's what that is. Hey, Used a lot in Afghanistan. It, you bounce it really hard and everybody has to run. <laughs> in movies and TV, I like how if there's a major explosion. You could just, you know, you just get thrown in the air yeah. and you fly in slow motion. Yeah. yeah, it's like there's not even a not a burn on you. Well, there, there's usually one of those little cuts over your eye oh, yes. with a butterfly band. Yes, yeah. yes. That's what you, I love those those tiny little band aids that, that that have the the, the skinny waist. They're skinny. Why are band aids shaped like that? I so don't they can know. move. It, it, yeah, they always, the hero, always, and it's right after you saw the hero with a bad guy open fire on him with a machine gun, and then the next scene, he's got that tiny little Band-Aid on his forehead. Yeah, and it's that weird shape. Have you ever used one of those Band-Aids? Yeah. You have? Yeah. Why do they have those Band-Aids with the those really the butterfly Band-Aids. Yeah. Uh, just they stick more to your skin, pull your skin together, uh-huh. and you don't want it. Puckering up, you just want it pulling one spot together. Because you know, like a stitch. Gudeau's been hurt a lot. <laughs> when <laughs> you have this personality, I often have that know. one little, you know, the hero people shooting at me and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, what game is it where you hit a ball, throw a ball really hard against the ground, then everybody has to run? <laughs> I don't know. Can someone look that one up? <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> what, what's Ringo Livio? He's an Italian, and he. No, uh... Ringo Livio? Wasn't there uh, something like that that was called Ringo Livio? What are you talking about, Ringo Livio? A game! A game! There's no game called Ringo Livio. Look up Ringo Livio. (laughs) (laughs) Or I think it's it's Ringo's actual name. Yeah. (laughs) It was Ringo Livio Starkey. (laughs) That's the name you need to know if you want two tickets from Ringo. (laughs) 
<laughs> got two tickets from Ringo Levio. We don't have that. We got two tickets from Al. When when the Beatles were doing concerts, they used to say, "Call the desk and say that the Beatles gave you tickets." Yeah. <laughs> Say, I have two tickets from the Beatles. <laughs> Ringo Levio is a children's game that yes! be played anywhere, See? but which originates on the streets of New York City. Oh, my goodness. You yes. originated with Gilbert Gottfried. Did you say that? <laughs> played there as far back as Gilbert Gottfried. Now, how do you play it? Okay, it's one of the many variations of tag. It required close teamwork and near military strategy. In Canada, it has a different name. <laughs> Rules of the game. Here are two games. Ringo Levia A. One team goes off and hides. The other team counts to a predetermined number and then proceeds to search for the first team. In another version, the two teams simultaneously attempt to capture all members of the opposing team. Each team has its own jail, perhaps a park bench or a defensible turf. There you go. Anyone on the pursuing side can catch anyone on the pursued side by grabbing hold of them and chanting, chain, chain, double chain, no break away. There you go. When when I played it, if I was, it was nothing like that. This does not sound like the game you played. <laughs> was this the game where big kids took you, put you in a locker, and left you there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ollie Ollie Oxenfree was apparently part of that game. Ollie Ollie Oxenfree, isn't that, isn't that hide and seek? Yeah. Uh, this sounds... Like a hide-and-seek version, a version of hide-and-seek. Team hide-and-seek is what it seems like. At Donnelly, do you know the game where you throw a ball and then everybody runs? I only know the Canadian version. Uh, Brian Adams is Ali Ali Oxenfree. Do you know the Canadian Jewish version of the game? So, uh, Brooklyn, growing up, yes. they must have had, you're the same age as I am. Yeah. You must. They must have had physical education. You're 23? <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, did you duck out of that? Oh yeah, yeah. I I never and I can't follow sports. The only sports events that I've been to is at the garden, my garden, and <laughs> in Madison, where you, <laughs> where he grew up. Yeah. <laughs> in the garden, some people who operated started calling me for hockey games where you go there and they have like a restaurant there where they serve a free You're not going to tell me that you went to hockey games to get free food. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Is that true? I yep, I would go there. I I go there for the free food. Then I'd sit through the game not knowing until they started playing the music and other people were cheering that the team won. <laughs> and and then they there would be a break in the game, and then you'd go into another room, and they'd have uh, cookies and stuff. I'm going to show off for a second here. Okay, Rangers. Yes, yes. <laughs> Pretty wow. good, huh? Wow, yes. New York Rangers. Yes, and yeah. when you go, into, I know that because of Razzo. When you go into the little rooms uh, that had cookies, oh, I thought the you meant Beatles. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> would be in a, Don't touch in my a biscuits. I'm also happy that Penn that you sourced your knowledge for knowing a New York hockey team like that. <laughs> you had to let us know how how would I have that supernatural information? How would I know what would the New York hockey? But weren't you impressed, Matt? Very impressed. 
<laughs> Thank but you. The rat, rat thing makes sense. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to be uh, wrapping up now because I think we've covered everything about we? uh, Gilbert's uh, high diving, oh, haven't good. we? Yes. <laughs> Gilbert's son's high diving. Uh, Max Godfrey. Now, Springsteen's Springsteen's daughter won an Olympic medal. Really? Yes, with a horse. Yeah, silver medal equestrian team. And he knows that not because he's an Olympics fan, because he's a Springsteen fan. There's no icing in uh, equestrian sports. Do you sports. remember? I remember growing up, like, on Carson or Bob Hope, uh, there'd be the kind of risque joke. If you wanted to say somebody was gay, you'd go, and I visited my hairdresser, Bruce. Yeah. Isn't yes. that amazing? Yes. I was just talking to Matt Donnelly the other day, and I said, I believe Springsteen ended that. He ended Bruce being a gay name. Yeah. Because yeah, the gays rejected him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bruce. Although we tried to make a comeback with the bandana in the Dancing in the Dark. Yeah, did the, whole <laughs> <laughs> the back pocket thing. And then later on, uh, Bruce Willis would yeah. be the action. Well, was Bruce Willis before or after Bruce Springsteen in public? I guess, isn't Bruce Willis first? Springsteen. Pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, but I, I bet they're the right age that they were both teased for the name Bruce, don't you think? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Are we feeling sorry for Bruce Willis and Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> yeah, poor guys. <laughs> now, what is she, she, what was the equestrian, what, steeplechase or something? It was a team award. There's like a team of like four equestrians to win some event. They were in costume. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. Springsteen you can tell it wasn't real horses because their knees bent backwards. <laughs> Springsteen is not a team player, so it's surprising that his daughter is. <laughs> I think I think he knows how well she did it as much as Gilbert knows his son's cross country record. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet he can tell you to the penny how much the goddamn horse cost. <laughs> and I bet he can tell you to the penny how much it cost to ship it over to Japan. <laughs> hey, uh. I get to buy a ticket for my horse to fly to Japan. What's that cost? One, two, three, four, five hundred dollars. What do you think? That was by Springsteen. Yeah, dead on. You know, I, I, uh, my uh, car broke down in Jersey. <laughs> There's Bruce Springsteen. Maybe he'll help. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, Jack Nicholson. Maybe they'll help. Who else is from Jersey? Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin. Well, everybody from Jersey's bitter. Right? Oh, oh, Luke Costello. Is Luke Costello? From I think he's in he Patterson, New Jersey. Yep, that's true. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Luke Costello, Buzz Aldrin, Bruce Springsteen, and Jack Nicholson walk into a bar. <laughs> and Hurricane Carter, right, too? Wasn't he also from Jersey? That that's a tough question. I'm surprised that Matt Donnelly can't name more people from Jersey. I mean, I, I can't. I just I thought we were wrapping up, but I can go if you want. <laughs> go. How many people from Jersey can you name? Go. Just people, not even famous. No famous people. <laughs> we got Danny DeVito, Tom Cruise, uh, Christine Todd Whitman. Someone over five. Oh five. man, he's blowing it. <laughs> someone, someone over five five. Frankie Valley, Tommy DeVito, all the. <laughs> Jersey Boys. Kevin Spacey, Meryl Streep, John Bon Jovi, Emma Jean Bell, Madeline Brewer, Kristen uh, Milioti. 
Do you think that maybe uh, Godot's cheating by looking <laughs> at a computer? I'm not from Jersey. I'm allowed to do it this way. How many people can you name famous from Louisiana? They ain't none. <laughs> <laughs> Justin well, Wilson. <laughs> Doug Kershaw. Doug Kershaw. Isn't he from Louisiana? No, I don't think The so. Residence. The Residence. From Louisiana. There you go. That's that's my favorite is The Residence. Yeah. And uh, they're from Shreveport. Buffalo Bill. <laughs> Buffalo the, Bills? There was a kid's TV show called Buffalo with Buffalo Bill. Massachusetts, we got Kerouac. Yeah. Aerosmith. <laughs> Those are all such weird names. Louisiana has Bill Russell. Bill oh, Russell. Bill Russell. There you yeah, go. There you go. There must be other people from Massachusetts. Ed Kennedy, Mary Jo Kopechny. You said Kerouac already? Yep, Kerouac. I've, I've actually said Kerouac, I believe, three times. <laughs> I think you should continue. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk more. Jerry Lee Lewis. No, Jerry Lee Lewis from Louisiana. Alan DeGeneres. From Louisiana. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. I didn't think Jerry Lee Lewis from Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've, we've gotten to the bottom of uh, of uh, some of Gilbert Gottfried's son's uh, athletic achievements, and we'll talk to, we'll talk about more uh, in the next episode of Penn Sunday School. But for now, that was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha cha cha. And to you become naked. <laughs> I also believe Yoko Ono sat on an amplifier that made made uh, George also upset. So, Dara, there's an amp. There's an amp. You sit on that amp. You know, we love you. Get anybody to thank their, uh, Matt Donnelly? Oh, yeah. The people who are loyal congregation members at patreon.com slash pen. Thank you to Matthew O'Sullivan, Betsy Batter, Penis Massacre, Little Mandar, Michael Fritz, My Custard Covered COVID Encrusted Crab Caravan, and I'll add, in a proper copper coffee pot, Anders Stenson, Rachel Forrester, Jobeth R. Bowers, Adam Stickney, Sex Guy Jimmy D, Henry James Allison, Nathan Julian, Percival, Manuel Vidal Perez de la Mesa V, Petty Officer Scoop, David K, David Peters, Shane Brevik, nobody in particular, Blue Drinks Films, Brandon Knapp, Nick Dingman, Colin Durham, The Big Podcast.com, and Central Park Owl. Thank you so much. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.